You're listening to the Dr. Beth Sportcast. Stay tuned for Newsflash. Traore is shaking Africa again with what he has done this time. Since liberating Burkina Faso from France, the president has been silently working hard to maximize the use of Burkina Faso's mineral resources. And now, Captain Ibrahim Traore has invited neighboring countries to turn to Burkina Faso to treat their mining residues in the new recovery plant that he has just launched this Tuesday in Ouagadougou. The Burkina Bay head of state invited neighboring countries in West and Central Africa to migrate towards Burkina Faso with mining residues where there is now the technology to treat them. What surprises me most is that the equipment in this factory is entirely designed by Burkina Bay artisans, according to the CEO of Golden Hand. This is a positive development in the context of sovereignty and therefore control of our resources. Captain Ibrahim Traor said on the opening ceremony. Despite the growth of the extractive industry in our country, it is clear that certain essential links are missing in the value chain. Indeed, while these mining companies generate several tons of residues, the observation is that no company specializing in the extraction of precious metals contained in these mining residues exists on the national territory. These residues are then exported and processed outside our country, which is not without risk in terms of preserving the interests of the state, he said. Captain Ibrahim Traoré insisted that this is a revolution in mining processing in Burkina Faso. What you saw this morning is a revolution. Machines were completely built here. Burkina Faso is the second country in Africa to develop this technology. It's a technology that doesn't import, it develops. These are not machines paid for elsewhere and assembled here. It is this ingenuity of our Burkina Bay engineers that I have come to salute. This is a positive development in the context of sovereignty and control of our resources, he insisted. Emmanuel Tapsoba, promoter of the company, stressed that the idea of putting this structure dates back more than 10 years. To listen to him, it was with the arrival of the new authorities that he was able to obtain the various authorizations which were rejected. I just want to say congrats to Captain Ibrahim Traore, and with this spirit, Burkina Faso is going to become the greatest country. Switching to security matters in Burkina Faso, days after the United States gave an aid to Burkina Faso, the United States reaffirms its support for Burkina Faso in the face of terrorism. The Minister of Foreign Affairs of Burkina Faso, Karamoko Jean-Marie Traoré, received an audience on Tuesday the charge d'affaires of the Embassy of the United States of America, Eric P. Whitaker. During this meeting, the two men discussed cooperation between the two countries, particularly in the areas of security, humanitarian assistance, education, community health, and good governance. The American diplomat reaffirmed the United States' commitment to supporting Burkina Faso in its fight against terrorism. 
He also underlined his country's desire to work with the Burkinabe authorities to strengthen bilateral cooperation. For his part, Minister Traoré thanked the United States for their support. He also underlined the importance of cooperation between the two countries to address the security and humanitarian challenges facing Burkina Faso. Is the U.S. donating military equipments to Burkina Faso, of which Burkina even didn't even ask them to donate? What's their aim? Because are they not the same people putting sanctions on Burkina Faso? Let me say that Captain Ibrahim Traore must pay attention to backdoor colonialism that comes in the form of aid. Reporting back on the four French spies still in jail in Ouagadougou, four French agents from the General Directorate of External Security, DGSE, have been detained in Burkina Faso since December 2023. The Burkinabe authorities accuse them of espionage and demand extraditions in exchange for their release. Until now, France had denied that these agents were members of the DIGSE, claiming that they were simply technicians on a computer maintenance mission for the benefit of the French embassy in Ouagadougou. However, an article published by the Magazine d'une Afrique, known to be close to French power, confirms that the four agents are indeed agents of the DGSE. The magazine also claims that the Burkinabe government is demanding the extradition of several Burkinabe personalities, including Gibril Bassolet and François Compaoré, in exchange for their release. Moving to the neighboring Niger, the Nigerian government has suspended mining permits for greater transparency. The government of Niger has announced the suspension of the granting of new mining rights in an act of proactive governance aimed at improving transparency and governance of the mining industry. The move follows a series of recent events that have highlighted issues of corruption and poor governance in Niger's mining sector. This month, a significant quantity of gold in illegal transit through Niamey Airport was seized in Addis Ababa. Anyway. of a book which have revealed sensitive information on the French crisis management system in Niger. So the question here is, since until now, France is claiming that they left Niger clean, then what is it that is in that book that they don't want the world to know? Orsay has banned the publication of the book At the Heart of French Diplomacy in Africa by Sylvain Ité, former French ambassador to Niger. The work, which was due to be released on January 15, 2024, contained explosive revelations on France's role in the political and security crisis that has shaken Niger since the coup d'etat of July 2023. In this book, Sylvain Ité, who was stationed in Niamey from 2019 to 2022, tells the story behind the scenes of French diplomacy in Africa, particularly in the Sahel, where France has been militarily engaged since 2013 with Operation Barkin. 
In particular, it reveals the existence of a secret project to destabilize the Nigerian regime, led by France with the support of Tuareg, rebel leader Risa Agbula, former Minister of Tourism and Crafts under President Mamadou Tanja. According to Sylvain Ite, this project aimed to overthrow President Mohamed Bazoum, elected in February 2023, and to install a transitional government led by Risa Agbola, who would present himself as the representative of the Tuareg populations and the democratic forces of Niger. The aim of this scenario was to counter the growing influence of China in Niger, which exploits the country's uranium and to promote France's economic and strategic interests in the region. The project was reportedly launched in response to the slow response of the economic community of West African states, ECOWAS, which failed to restore constitutional order in Niger after the coup. State of July 18, 2023, perpetrated by dissident soldiers, this coup d'etat overthrew President Bazoum, who succeeded Mohamedou Issoufou, considered an ally of France in the fight against terrorism in the Sahel. Sylvain Ité's book could have had serious consequences for the security of the French and France's partners in Niger, where the situation remains volatile and where armed jihadist groups continue to carry out deadly attacks. This is why the Quai d'Orsay decided to block its publication, invoking the law of December 6, 2013, relating to the protection of national defense secrets. In a letter addressed to the author, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs informed him that his book presented more risks than advantages, and that he had to remove the passages concerning the French crisis management system in Niger. Sylvain Ité denounced this censorship as an attack on freedom of expression and transparency on France's action in Africa. He affirmed that he did not intend to give up on the publication of his book, even if it meant changing publishing houses or distributing it on the Internet. He also called for a parliamentary investigation into the Niger destabilization project, which he describes as a state scandal. The Quai d'Orsay did not wish to comment on this affair, contenting itself with recalling that France is committed to respecting the sovereignty of Niger and that it supports the efforts of ECOWAS to restore democracy in this country. The Nigerian presidency, led by General Salo Jibo, who took power after the coup, also did not react to Sylvain Ite's accusations. As for Risa Agbula, he denied any involvement in a project to destabilize Niger, affirming that he was a man of peace and dialogue. You see, not long ago, France closed its embassy in Niger until further notice. The closure of the embassy in Niamey represents one of the final chapters in the winding down of a French presence in its former colony following the Julie coup that left the country in the hands of military leaders. The French embassy in Niger is now closed until further notice. The foreign ministry said in a statement, adding the mission would continue activities from Paris. It said that for the five months since the coup, our embassy has suffered serious obstacles making it impossible to carry out its missions, including a blockade around the mission. Anyways.
monumental decision reverberating across the globe. The International Court of Justice has ruled in favor of South Africa against Israel, finding substantial merit in its claims relating to the ongoing conflict in Gaza. This landmark judgment marks a critical turning point in the international arena, holding Israel accountable for its actions and delivering a resounding victory for South Africa's unwavering pursuit of justice. While the full extent of the ruling is still being digested, key takeaways paint a picture of significant pressure now thrust upon the Israeli government and its allies. Though a ceasefire wasn't explicitly mandated, the court imposed provisional measures encompassing a range of crucial directives for Israel. These include Preventing acts of genocide, the ICJ unequivocally ordered Israel to take all measures within its power to prevent genocide in Gaza, a stark affirmation of South Africa's core argument. Preserving evidence, the court stressed the importance of preserving evidence related to possible genocidal acts, ensuring accountability and transparency in the face of these grave accusations. Reporting compliance, Israel is obligated to submit a monthly report to the ICJ detailing its actions in upholding the order to prevent genocide. This ongoing scrutiny will maintain international pressure and keep the issue at the forefront of global discourse. Protecting humanitarian aid. Recognizing the dire humanitarian situation in Gaza, the court demanded immediate and effective measures from Israel to facilitate the provision of essential services and assistance. Combating incitement. Recognizing the role of inciting violence in escalating conflict, the ICJ ordered Israel to take steps to prevent and punish direct incitement of genocide in the Gaza Strip. The aforementioned facts and circumstances are sufficient to conclude that at least some of the rights claimed by South Africa and for which it is seeking protection are plausible. This is the case with respect to the right of Palestinians in Gaza to be protected from acts of genocide and related prohibited acts identified in Article 3, and the right of South Africa to seek Israel's compliance with the latter's obligations under the Convention. The court considers that, with regard to the present situation, Israel must, in accordance with its obligations under the Genocide Convention, in relation to Palestinians in Gaza, take all measures within its power to prevent the commission of all acts within the scope of Article 2 of the Convention, in particular, A, killing groups, members of the group, B, causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group, C, deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part, and D, imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group. The court recalls that these acts fall within the scope of Article 2 of the Convention when they are committed with the intent to destroy in whole or in part the group as such. The court further considers that Israel must ensure with immediate effect that its military forces do not commit any of the aforementioned acts. The court is also of the view that Israel must take measures within its power to prevent and punish the direct and public incitement to commit genocide in relation to the members of the Palestinian group in the Gaza Strip. The court further considers that Israel must take immediate and effective measures to enable the provision of urgently needed 
basic services and humanitarian assistance to address the adverse conditions of life faced by Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. Israel must also take effective measures to prevent the destruction and ensure the preservation of evidence related to allegations of acts within the scope of Article 2 and Article 3 of the Genocide Convention against members of the Palestinian group in the Gaza Strip. Regarding the provisional measure requested by South Africa that Israel must submit a report to the court on all measures taken to give effect to the order, the court recalls that it has the power reflected in Article 78 of the Rules of Court. For these reasons, the court indicates the following provisional measures. One, by 15 votes to two, the State of Israel shall, in accordance with its obligations under the Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide in relation to the Palestinians in Gaza, take all measures within its power to prevent the commission of all acts within the scope of Article 2 of the Convention, in particular, A, killing members of the group, B, causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group, C, deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part, and D, imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group. By 15 votes to two, the State of Israel shall ensure with immediate effect that its military does not commit any acts described in point one above. By 16 votes to one, the State of Israel shall take all measures within its power to prevent and punish the direct and public incitement to commit genocide in relation to members of the Palestinian group in the Gaza Strip. By 16 votes to one, the State of Israel shall take immediate and effective measures to ensure the provision of urgently needed basic services and humanitarian assistance to address the adverse conditions of life faced by Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. By 15 votes to two, the State of Israel shall take effective measures to prevent the destruction and ensure the preservation of evidence related to allegations of acts within the scope of Article 2 in Article 3 of the Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide against members of the Palestinian group in the Gaza Strip. By 15 votes to two, the State of Israel shall submit a report to the court on all measures taken to give effect to this order within one month as from the date of the order. While the lack of a formal ceasefire mandate may leave some feeling unfulfilled, the ICJ's decision nonetheless delivers a powerful blow to the Israeli regime. The court's clear condemnation of Israel's actions and the imposition of these stringent provisional measures significantly alter the legal and political landscape of the conflict. They create a framework for holding Israel accountable, increase pressure on the nation and its allies to address the situation responsibly, and pave the way for further legal action. With South Africa claiming a major victory and the international community taking a decisive stance, the path forward for Gaza remains complex and uncertain. Yet this historic ruling marks a crucial step towards accountability and justice, offering a glimmer of hope for a more peaceful and equitable future for the Palestinian people. Israel stands before the international community, its crimes against the Palestinians laid bare.
Since October last year, the people of Gaza have been the victims of bombardment and strikes from land, sea, and air. Homes, refugee camps, and entire neighborhoods have been destroyed and not even schools and hospitals and religious places have been spared. The people of Gaza have been deprived of electricity, fuel, food, and medical supplies. According to the United Nations, more than 25,000 people have been killed during Israel's war with Hamas. And we hold the view that this has been collective punishment against Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. Among the dead are relief workers, United Nations staff who have died in their hundreds, as well as journalists who have also died in their hundreds. I believe that uh, in exercising uh, the uh, order, there would have to be a ceasefire. Without it, the order uh, doesn't actually work. I, I, I would have wanted a ceasefire. No, they didn't. Are you disappointed how they didn't specify that? I have no way that I'm going to say I'm disappointed. I hoped for it, but the fact of delivering humanitarian aid the fact of taking measures that reduce the levels of harm against persons who have no role in what Israel uh, is combating, for me, requires a ceasefire. And I believe Israel would have to attend to how it conducts its search for the hostages and for those Hamas individuals who carried out the October 7 uh, attack. At this time, President Bola Tinubu has departed Abuja for Paris, France, on a private visit. The president's trip was made known in a statement by his special advisor on media and publicity, Ajiri Ngelali. Mr. Ngelali mentioned that President Tinubu will return to the country in the first week of February. Recall that President Tinubu held a bilateral meeting with the United States Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, at the presidential villa Abuja on Tuesday evening. The last time he traveled outside the country was to attend the 28th United Nations Climate Change Conference in Dubai last December. January 2024's edition of News Flash on the Dr. Beth Sportcast. In all that you do, let love guide you, not fear, because fear is the greatest vampire of energy. On Jarama, Halawal Gongal Kitty, Jerichev, Babene Nyong.